Brian, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing doing quite well. Uh, you know, it's been about I think five five weeks since the seminars, and uh, uh, what did you think? I thought it was good fun. And uh, I thought that uh, it was interesting to see it translated into a. Uh, Hollywood Squares format. <laughs> you were right. Uh, it did have a kind of a Hollywood Squares look, didn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, as a matter, I was very surprised when you tuned in on Friday, as a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah. Because you were, uh, you were on, uh, on Sunday, and so you, you got a chance to see a good deal of it, didn't you? Yeah, I saw um, two... Two different sessions. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, interesting to see people sending things from all over, since we couldn't all pile in down at the Tenry Center. So it was good that we got to do it in spite of everything. Well, that's uh, that's the mother of invention. And uh, Brian, can you tell us a, just a, slightly uh, what what uh, about the work that you uh, that you did? Um, you did a work by, uh, by, uh, by Moondog. Yeah. So I did a song by New Moondog, which, uh, was published in 1978 called Enough About Human Rights. And, uh, it goes on with a whole litany. Enough about human rights. What about whale rights? What about snail rights? What about seal rights? What about eel rights, yeah, yeah. etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah, host yeah. creatures. Uh, yeah, I, it was very effective, and uh, and you know you can read a lot about Moondog, and we've talked about him before, and so uh, I don't have to read the litany of the stuff that he's done, but you know he goes back pretty far, and uh, I in my little my research that I've I've done, you know he actually recorded an album with Julie Andrews. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I, and so that's wild. It really is wild. And so, wow, what a cool collaboration. Uh, that is a yeah. Uh, it's a collaboration. I don't quite know what to make of, and maybe perhaps <laughs> I'll get a chance to hear it someday or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder where it is. Like, I wonder how gettable it is. Um. Well, we'll maybe we'll make that a a future. A future project, uh, Brian. Yeah, we'll do some e-rummaging. You know what I heard on the radio a while ago was um, some of Janis Joplin's earliest recordings, which was were solo, no band. It was just her and an auto harp singing, and she's playing auto harp, and it was quite wonderful. And it was, you know, done before she was well known. And uh, I heard just a little bit of it on the radio, but I wonder if those recordings are out there to buy. You know, in other words, before Big Brother and the Holding Company, is that correct? Before she uh, before was with what? that band, she was with the band. Ended up being, oh. a, a, yeah, Big Big Brother yeah. and the Holding Company, I believe. Uh, I think she was in oh, that okay. band. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, this is just, yeah, just her voice and her accompanying herself with auto harp, and uh, I thought it was wonderful stuff, and I never knew it was even out there. Yeah, I had heard something of hers years and years ago on TV, also, maybe around that time, 
where she went on, I think, Cavett, Dick Cavett. And, uh, and she sang some songs, and they were incredible. And uh, then the, uh, that, that comedy group called the Ace Trucking Company, they were the other Firesign Theater. Um, <laughs> there were two. There was Firesign Theater and the Ace Trucking Company. And apparently they did, they did an improv uh, and she joined in, and she was terrific. And so, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously there was there was there was a multi multi talented uh, uh, person there. And of course, her last hit, you know, the Bobby McGee thing, was with a group called Full Tilt Boogie. And uh, they say, I mean, they say that's one of her favorite favorite groups that she had worked with. And uh, that was a a full tilt full tilt uh, hit. The song was by Chris Christopherson, and uh, I've heard his version of it also. Hers, of course, is better, and uh, <laughs> it just is. <laughs> it, in a sense, really can't be beat. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, my next question, Brian, is: uh, What is uh, what's going on upstate where where you are right now? And yeah, you know, talk a little bit about your projects. Or anything you want to talk about. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I'd like to hear from you more. Uh, you know, talk about your projects or any th- or any subject or any. We, we yesterday we were talking a little bit about hope, uh, and let's see if we can fuse that into the accordion somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now my first association is, um, you know, the. The story of Pandora's box, when all the demons are released, and it's terrible, but then there's that one little voice peeping from the box, and Pandora opens it one more time, even though it's unleashed all these demons, and it's the voice of hope. So even though all these demons have been unleashed, there is always hope. And so the Pandora's box, I'm thinking of the accordion as the box (laughs) that can unleash all sorts of forces. Well, since you mentioned that, I'd like to play something. I'd like to play a new work be- uh, called Sleaze, Deception, Hope. And uh, it's, a, it's a commentary on all the things that are sort of going on today. Uh, you know, the sleaze that's taking place in, even in religious circles. Uh, the deception uh, that all of that plays, uh, plays into. And, of course, the hope that, uh, you know, if you don't have faith, you know, have some, you know, have hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I kind of felt that that can also come out of the, as you can say, come out of the box, out of, uh, out of, uh, out of Pandora's box as well. And so I'm going to play that now. And uh, again, this is called Sleaze Deception Hope.
Lee's Deception, Hope, by yours truly, Bill Schimmel. Okay, Brian, does it uh, does it have a does it have the Pandora's box that you were talking about? <laughs> well, I I felt like I picked up more hope. Then sleaze and deception. Well, the, so that's the, good news. Yeah, well, that's good news then. I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's more hope. <laughs> well, also, like, by having most of the sleaze and the deception in the title, you know it's just around the corner. Yeah. But the but musically, it's not being stuck in your face. Well, it's yeah. Sort of banished to the periphery. I agree with you, and uh, of course, the giveaway, the final giveaway, it's, you know, is the final chord. That at the end, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, which is a kind of a tacky chord, but it's the same kind of chord you'll hear like evangelists use when they, you know, they start screaming hallelujah. You know, the organ will play one of those chords, this kind of thing. You know. Well, they're using chords. Yeah. To get people, and you know, chords get people. So they say, why not harness the power of this chord? Yeah, of course. Go get them. Well, you know, the, the, the accordion, of course, is great for power chords. You know, that thing they call power chords. <laughs> and obviously, you know, you can do a lot, of, uh, a, you know, a lot of crescendos and decrescendos with the bellows to get that very, that very sound. And uh, so obviously, uh, it is a great Pandora's box. By the way, there is a piece written for the accordion called Pandora's Box. Um, I figure there must be. Yeah, there's a, it's written by Mauricio Cagle. Oh! I mean, are you aware of yeah, that composer from the whole Stockhausen uh, crowd? Yeah. That's right. I seem to remember hearing some pieces he did, I think, for a marching band. Yeah. That was really wonderful. Yeah, he was a he was a composer. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Mickey and I went to see a work of his a number of years ago uh, at Carnegie Hall, and uh, 
it was about terrorism and uh, they created the illusion that the theater was locked and uh, and the conductor kept getting calls like on the phone and uh, <laughs> now that'd be difficult to pull off today it really would be oh no <laughs> I would not go I to would, a concert would, like that yeah. today no I really in wouldn't. any day and any day but uh, uh, but but that's what he was kind of into uh, there was well, what a certain... I love about it is the just the idea of the conductor having to stop what he's doing in order to give priority to a telephone call and that the audience in their seats has to wait while the conductor deals with somebody on the phone. On the phone, exactly, exactly. And, and that uh, the phone is where he has to be, so the whole concert hall load of people has to wait and, for the uh, telephone call to be done. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Their second banana to whoever is on the other side of the phone, who well, you can't hear, but the yeah. conductor does, and you see him taking the call. You see his face as he listens to this voice you can't hear on the other side of the telephone. There you go. And as you said, their second banana. And, uh, <laughs> uh, now, what do you think the accordion is? Uh, what? Uh, oh. What banana is the accordion? <laughs> Gee, I didn't even know it was a banana, but no. now that we know that, we can peel it. Oh, uh, I, I, you know, we, I call the, I call the accordion the third banana. Well, I guess, but I've lost track of all the tiers of bananas. Yeah, and, and their yeah, hierarchy. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that can play as much in the background as possible. But also stand out, and could, <laughs> could stand out by its appearance. Uh, it could stand out by the person making a big deal about the part. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know, the accordion can be loud. The accordion can bark. The accordion can be can drown out singers. Well, th that's uh, that's a that's a, a bit of a uh, that's a bit of a third third banana. Uh, uh, <laughs> then you don't know who the singer no, is. You of don't the power you, uh, that it has. Even well, yeah. if people don't think of the accordion as a symbol of power, uh, that thing is loud, but and you'd better watch out when it's coming at you like a car honking. Well, the, you know, you know th that's that's kind of true, Brian. But you know, the interesting thing about it, you know, if you're playing something like 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 Schubert, or any kind of particular song where you're accompanying yourself, or you're accompanying a singer, uh, a, a big question arises. Uh, in, a, in a sense, who's the uh, who's the singer and who's the instrumentalist? And uh, it can be more a duet rather than a soloist with accompanist. Where, you know, that's right. The, yeah, yeah, exactly right. And and I think that's sort of the third banana lesson here, where all of a sudden, like this so-called accompanying instrument, all of a sudden becomes a duet with the, <laughs> the person playing, and you know, totally unlike the piano. You know, if you're going to go out and do a leader concert, you know what I mean? That pianist is an accompanist. I mean, you know, the famous accompanist Gerald Moore wrote a book called Am I Too Loud? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and uh, and and yeah, and he's he called himself uh, an accompanist. And uh, when you add, I, I realized that when whenever I played um, Schubert with someone, whether it was Corn Moe, the rock singer, or anybody else, when I played my accordion, whether I was loud or soft, I was I I really wasn't accompanying that uh, that person. I was sort of performing with them in some sort of, uh, we were trading off between instrumentalist and vocalist. And, and I, rather en I rather enjoyed it. I, I, as a matter of fact, I like it than the other way around. <laughs> really, I, mean, I, I like it better than, you know, I'm a pianist and I've accompanied people numerous, numerous times, but I prefer the, uh, uh, the accordion version, uh, uh, you know, thousands of times better. Than the, uh, than the than the other way around, and uh, so that third banana quality uh, can really really work in your behalf if you're if you're aware of it. <laughs> and anything well, also else? Also, the, the piano ahead. being a percussive instrument is a real contrast in sound production and co compared to the singer. But if you have an accordion, it has more in common with the vocalist because they're both lung-powered. It's embowered. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's embodied. Yeah, it's, it's embodied. A, so it's it an embodied instrument. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. two creatures, yeah. two different creatures. Well, I suppose you could say the piano is creaturely in its way, but it's not lung-powered. Not, not really. As yeah. the accordion is. Not really. It's, it's more like in the it's percussion a, a, department. Yeah, or it's about yeah, the yeah, hitting. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Whereas the and plus with the accordion you have you know it doesn't just inhale and exhale it it it, it speaks on both the inhale and the exhale. That's right. That's correct. And uh, so there's a lot of inhaling and exhaling going on and a lot of belting it out. Yeah. And uh, you think there's a lot of hope in the accordion? I think so, if for no other reason that it can really kick up some sound. And just the sound waves, you know, irradiate your human body mm -hmm. and makes you better able to deal with everything. And then you have more hope because of this radiation. I, I, actually, I like what you're saying. Uh, and could you say, you know, I mean, just for me, and maybe for the listeners out there, could you say something like that again, just so we can I, I can get that uh, clarified in my mind? Could you say that again? Well, thinking of the well, even just having being radiated, irradiated with any kind of sound, it would seem like all these sounds and vibrations going through you and through your tissue and your skeleton. It's, it's, it's massaging the body on some sort of molecular level mm -hmm. uh, in a, you know, carbonated soda fizzy way. And because of this, you'll be rejuvenated and have more hope because of the physical energy that the sound's going through you uh, gives you that fortitude. Well, then in that case, I urge everyone listening to go out and if you're not already, if you don't already have one, or if you're 
uh, if you're not already an accordionist, go get yourself an accordion and uh, and start hoping. And uh, <laughs> and I think you'll be uh, you'll be better uh, you'll be better for it. And uh, I even like uh, the, uh, the hope aspect. I even like uh, when the accordion uh, explores the dark side, uh, because in a sense that. Uh, What's that St. Francis prayer? Where there is despair, let there be hope. Yes. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is darkness, light, where there is despair, hope. And so there's a built-in ironic duality to the accordion. And, you know, the dark side all of a sudden can give, give way to the light side or that, or that juxtaposition between the two. And uh, so you can go from despair to hope, in in what you know in in a single, you know, in, in a single chord. And uh, and I think that's another good aspect of hope. Uh, and I mean the reason why I'm talking about hope today, is a lot of you know with all the stuff that's going on, and I don't even have to bring it up. Uh, but all the stuff that's going on, um, and if you come from a religious background like I do, um, it, sort of, it sort of really challenges faith. And so I keep saying to myself, oh my God, you know, do I really have faith uh, because of all this stuff that's going on and what I was led to believe and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden I say, well, uh, what about hope? And all of a sudden, uh, hope does something for me that uh, that sometimes faith doesn't do. And I realize that my accordion has a has a hope has a hope quality which you which you explain beautifully. And so, uh, in that respect, uh, I thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's uh, I think that's a big help to uh, to all of us. And. Uh, and Brian, do you have anything pl uh, planned for uh, Labor Day? This is Labor Day weekend. Uh, I don't have anything planned for Labor Day, but uh, uh, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. I mean, I remember one time when I called you, uh, oh, we did a 4th of July show or whatever, I did, something like that. I think it was a 4th of well, it was a picnic weekend. And uh, I asked you what you had, because you went to a barbecue. And, uh, you know, you had the usual and so forth. I think you had some corn in the cob or whatever. And then you had mentioned little potatoes. And whenever I hear little potatoes over a grill, I always imagine, imagine them falling through on the charcoal. <laughs> and it's I, perilous. And I think I asked you, did they fall through on the charcoal? And... Uh, I never got an answer for that. <laughs> Did they? Oh dear. <laughs> I I don't remember, but I would guess that they did not, or else I would have remembered that. So you balanced it. You balanced it I mean, on the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember like how much space there was to fall in, but I guess if some had fallen in, there would have been a story to tell about the potatoes that were lost. Yeah. In the flames. Yeah. In the charcoal. Yeah. Never to return. <laughs> so now, since we're on the subject of labor, uh, and 
and uh, what 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 are you up to uh, artistically right now, Brian? Oh goodness. Well, not too much. I've been a cleaning freak, and uh, I've been making pieces of what what used to be my kitchen table, which is my outdoor table, but is uh, you know falling apart. So I'm making fresh new pieces to match the rest of the table. I saw that, by the way, when uh, when you when you tuned in at the seminars. I saw your uh, your study, and uh, it, it was looking really really good. <laughs> yeah, well, I do get to have a lot of fun around here, and now that it's actually, you know, not impeded everywhere you walk with all kinds of piles of stuff, now there's some room to do stuff. Now there's some room to make things, so I'm happy about that. Um, are you making any of those new instruments? I haven't made any instruments for a while, but... Now I'm poised to make some. I think I'm going to make a couple of dulcimers. Terrific. And, uh, yeah. So that's next on the agenda. Fantastic. And Brian, we're going to hear a piece of yours, and um, it, it's a it's a piece that um, I believe we've done before, but I kind of felt that it would would be apropos to our Labor Day weekend. And also our talk today on hope, uh, because I know one of the uh, one of the lyrics uh, actually goes: uh, "Some live on hope, some live on dope." What, uh, am I right? That's right. Some live on hope, and some on dope, and some on alimony. But I'm content to pay my rent and live on abalone. What's abalone? Uh, a sea, a sea thing that you eat. I don't know what they actually are. I, I think of them as something akin to mussels or oysters, or scallops, but I don't know exactly what they are. And there's there's many there's many trans, there's many of uh, ways to define dope, isn't there? I mean, dope isn't just dope. That's right. Uh, I wonder what its connection is with, well, of course, there's airplane dope yeah. meeting a kind of glue yeah. and the idea of people sniffing glue. Right. And uh, airplane dope, sniffing glue, sniffing dope, and then dope meaning any kind of a drug or certain drugs. So there's different ways. And then, of course, there's just someone who is a dope. Yeah, that's, you know, you, you, you dope. And also, what's the dope? Like a question. That's right. Yeah, the in other words, when you, when you hear the, what's the lowdown, you ask the person, well, what's the dope? And, that's right. Uh, so, in a sense, that, that, li that lyric could be some live on hope and, you know, hey, what's the dope? Yeah. And there could be, uh, you know, you can look at it from that standpoint. It's, a, it's actually right. a good song. And uh, I kind of feel that it's kind of, it's appropriate. And you do it on accordion, and what's some of the other instruments you do it with? Uh, oh, let's see. There's a Lowry organ, which has a little built-in rotating speaker. And uh, that's a wonderful sounding thing. You hear that a lot. And then there's uh, 
thing called a Suzuki heart or a Mamola banjo or a banjo, yeah. which is a string instrument with lots of unison strings, and you sort of karate chop those strings down with these typewriter-like keys yeah. to get the note. Uh, and then there's this sort of lap bass thing with a bunch of unison bass strings uh, that's in there too. So there's a bunch and some accordions, two different accordions. Two different accordions, yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, yeah. We, and that's an old, that's a folk song from the 1920s. Yeah. I think each line is written by a different writer. Oh, really? Really? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think the only known one is Sinclair Lewis. Oh, really? But I don't know who the other people were. And so it's an anonymous song. With with different I, with different with different authors. It's sort of like an exquisite corpse. Yeah. I think it was a bunch of friends and they would I guess be preparing abalones to eat and then they would, you know, come up with a line to pile in on the song in a uh-huh. communal way while they were having fun. Well, we're going to hear it and uh, and so forth. And uh, before we sign off, uh, uh, tomorrow, the 6th, I have a new um, a new album coming out uh, with uh, with Peter Jarvis. It's a, He's a percussionist and I'm an accordionist. And uh, it's an album of, uh, of accordion and percussion duos some by him, some by me, and some improvisations. It's coming out on Naxus, and it will be available in digital downloads only. And you can get it on Amazon, and you can actually listen to it on YouTube. It's already up to be listened to. So uh, uh, listen to it, purchase your copy, and enjoy it. And uh, Brian, it was good talking to you today. I'm going to sign off. And good talking to you, too. And uh, have a good rest of the Labor Day weekend. And we will be talking on the old in and out very soon. And have a good weekend and uh, goodbye and God bless. Some think that the Lord is fat, and some that he is bony. But as for me, I think that he is like an abalone. Some drink rain, and some champagne, and whiskey by the pony. But I will try a dash of rye and a hunk of abalone. Oh, some like ham and some like jam and some like macaroni. But our tomcat gets nice and fat on juicy abalone. The more we take, the more they make in deep sea matrimony. Race suicide will never be tied, the fertile abalone.
telegraph my better half by Morse or by Marconi. But when in need of greater speed, I send an abalone. Omission points a friendly joint, and every crab's a crony. And true in kind, you'll ever find the faithful abalone. Live on hope and some on dope and some on alimony. But bring me in a pail of gin and a tub of abalone. Some folks boast of quail on toast because they think it's Tony. But I'm content to pay my rent and live on abalone. Oh, some folks say that pain is real, and some say that it's phony. But as for me, when I can't agree, I eat an abalone.